Well, at great risk to eating my words, I am going to say that this is indeed the final episode in our summer special series on the doctrine of the church. What originally was planned to be maybe two to four episodes has been stretched out to now this is the ninth episode. We've covered a lot of ground, and last week we opened up a new topic, eight shifts that need to take place in our mindset regarding the church. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. This isn't easy for me. I love the church. I'm not one who has been opposed to what others would call institutional Christianity. I'm not opposed to organized churches. I'm not embittered toward the established church. This does not come from a bad experience per se that I've had, although bad experiences that I've had have contributed to my questioning the way we go about doing church. There's no doubt about that. But that's not my motive here. In fact, I'm very comfortable in the institutional church. I love the church. I love the expressions of the church and the variety of expressions of the church that we have in North America. The different flavors, if you will, of local churches, I think are are part of God's providential design so that people are able to connect with a place that they can identify with. And, and, And some churches will reach people that other churches won't reach. And I think that's part of God's design for the kingdom of God. So what I've been saying in these episodes might sound quite radical to some of you and might even be somewhat uncomfortable for you to hear and challenging and, and maybe even makes you kind of like, Ugh, I don't want to think about that we need to experience so many changes in the church. I understand that. There's a real large part of me that identifies with that. But here's the thing I can't get over, and that's this. For much of my adult life, which my entire adult life, save, let's see, turned 18 in April, 1988, preached my first sermon eight months later. So with the exception of eight months of my adult life, I have been a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been a teacher of God's word. That's a long time now, 34 years. If you want to do the math, you'll know how old I am right now. Almost all of my adult life has been within the realm of churches we know it, and I love it. But as the years went by, the more I read the Bible and the more I pastored churches Sunday after Sunday, attending churches, the more I felt a tension that something just isn't right. And the, the problem I was seeing was this. Our approach of how we do church was not really, in my mind, aligning with what I was reading in the New Testament. Recognizing the way they did it in the New Testament in the book of Acts does not necessarily mean that's the way we have to do it today. You could go back to that episode on description versus prescription. But I do think that a lot of the way we're doing church today is not what God prescribed, nor is it the most effective or efficient or best way to do it, or, or is really putting us in the right position to fulfill the Great Commission. The easiest thing, the most comfortable thing would just be to keep doing what we're doing the way we're doing it and, and just try harder and just say, well, we just need to pray more. We just, we just need to be more committed. We just need to keep doing the same things we're doing only with more intensity, and that will enable us to more effectively carry out the Great Commission. But here's, here's the reality. Sometimes we have to go back to the drawing board. Sometimes we have to take a step back and ask the hard questions. I remember several years ago learning from another pastor that every single year they analyzed everything they did in the church, all the programs in the church, and they asked one of three things. Should we 
improve this program? Should we keep this program exactly the same? It's running on all cylinders. It's doing phenomenal. There's nothing to improve. Or should we cancel this program? Obviously, the hardest one was that third question. Should we cancel it? Once you've started doing something, it's hard to stop doing it. It's what we call establishing precedent. And as long as there's some people involved in that program or ministry, that means they think it's valuable. And so to cut it is a very difficult thing to do. Well, that's true of just individual programs in the church, but it's also true of how we go about doing church. And even if something is not prescribed in Scripture, but it's the way we've always done it before, it's what we know, it's what we're comfortable with, it can be really hard to ask that hard question, should we even continue doing this? Now, sometimes it would be foolish to end something because it is having a positive effect. It is making a difference, but perhaps it's not making enough of a difference, or it's not matching up to what we see in the New Testament, so we should ask and probably be open to saying, we'll continue to do this, but let's also look into trying this over here. And in some cases, we got to be careful not to throw the baby out of the bathwater. we got to be careful not to kill something good and replace it with something we don't know how to do yet. And so what I've been talking about in this whole series as I've been trying to open our eyes to seeing things differently is not let's discount the old and let's get rid of the old. What I've been saying is, and what I'm really wanting to communicate is, let's, let's just work at seeing things differently. And over time, let's see how the Lord leads us. Let's be open to trying some new things. And let's consider maybe even approaching this subject from the angle of not this versus this, but rather a this and this from an angle of this versus this, and instead approach it from an angle of, yes, this is the way we've always done it, but now let's also try this, or this is the way we've always thought of this, and we're not going to stop doing that, but let's maybe work at shifting our mindset to where we reprioritize that particular thing we've always done. And so I've been listing last week and this week eight shifts that need to take place in our mindset in regard to how we do church or how we think of the church. And last week, we looked at these three. We talked about how we needed to shift our mindset from centralized ministry to distributed ministry. We also talked about how we needed to shift from an emphasis on informational dissemination to practical application, looking less to the academic institution as a model for how we do church and looking more toward like a training center mindset on how to live, the application of Scripture. And then third, we looked at the concept of shifting in our mindset from churches that place a lot of emphasis on professional staff to placing more of an emphasis on empowered saints, based upon Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And so now we pick up this week and want to give five more, and I'm going to work through these fairly quickly. So number four, I would remind you that these are not in order of importance. Number four, from marketing to impacting, that is, an emphasis on us being, as individual Christians and as a church, salt and light, rather than a focus on projecting an image and through advertising or marketing the church as you would a business, which leads us very naturally to number six, a shift in mindset from consumeristic to catalytic. Now, these are very similar and they kind of intertwine, but they do have some distinctives, and that's why I'm listing them separately. When I say consumeristic to catalytic, I mean it's less about selling a product and more about pointing people to Christ and preaching repentance. When I say catalytic, I mean when we do have our gatherings, we 
are gathering to, again, equip the saints for ministry. We're to motivate God's people through being empowered, but also inspired. I'm thinking here of the inspirational aspect of it. We're inspiring God's people to go out and be the missionaries to their neighborhoods and workplaces that God's called them to be. Number seven, less of an emphasis. Now, remember, I'm not saying we get rid of that. When I say less of, I'm not saying we get rid of. I'm just saying less emphasis on this and more emphasis on that. So number seven is organizational to organic. Our churches have become so complex in so many ways organizationally. We need to simplify, and it needs to be less about a hierarchical structure and more about a family atmosphere and a and network of relationships. We need to be less concerned about positions in the church and more concerned with influencing each other, and as the book of Hebrews says, spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. And then the final one, number eight, professional production to full participation. It has been my personal experience that much of the training that has been given to pastors and churches and church leaders about how to improve their church has been centered around the production aspect of the weekly macro gathering. See previous episodes to understand what, what I mean by macro. But so much energy and time and money and budget and effort goes into the weekend gathering and trying to make it an excellent product so that people want to come back and experience it again. When I compare that to what I read in the New Testament, I actually find that the emphasis is less on production quality and trying to make it something that people want to come back to in terms of that gathering. And what I find is it's more about full participation, that everyone's bringing something to the table. Hence, the necessity, I think, of transitioning our mindset from an emphasis on the large gathering and putting a greater emphasis on smaller size gatherings so that everyone can contribute. And when it's a smaller setting now, there seems to be less concern about the production quality being so high and so important. Again, if you think about uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, the Apostle Paul actually said he was strategically not trying when he preached to come across as polished or having great oratorical skills or impressing people with his preaching because he wanted people to see that it was the power of the gospel message. It was the power of the Holy Spirit and not the charisma of the speaker. And yet today, to be perfectly honest, in North America, it seems so much about the quality of the music and the quality of the preaching. So we need to have a shift that takes place where it's less about professional level production and more about full participation. Everyone contributing their gifts together. All right, so there it is. Eight shifts in our way of thinking in regard to the church that I believe need to take place as we move forward in an increasingly post-Christian culture. That concludes our summer special series. When I was growing up, if they had an interruption in normal programming or special news or special emphasis, they would sometimes say this, and now we're returning you to your regular programming. And that's what we're going to do. Coming episodes, we'll be back to our Bible chats and our weekly interviews. I hope you'll be there to join us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.